Hello, 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 and welcome to the new episode of um, Borderline Podcast Disorder. It's been uh, so incredible to do this so far. I've uh, had a look at the, you know, um, insights at the analytics, and uh, we're slowly but steadily, you know, getting up and up more and more, and uh, that's truly incredible and i appreciate every single one of you listening to this and i appreciate a lot the people who take the time to be my guests here as well that's uh, pretty awesome and i'm very grateful for it now i've just came back from romania uh, last night and um yeah, it's been incredible, you know. I think I, me and uh, my partner, we we uh, we went together to to Romania. She um, she met my my sister and uh, she met my close family basically, and uh, it was it was beautiful, you know. I uh, I realized I I miss them a lot. I get very homesick sometimes because of it not necessarily because of the place or because of the other people but just because of my my family some of my family i've also had some very interesting conversations with uh, with my sister about you know the reason why i feel i guess so strongly well, towards other family members you know i i have a lot of of rage i have a lot of anger and um, I just feel uncomfortable speaking with uh, some of them, and we kind of addressed that, you know, to an extent. We we talked about it, and um, she had some very interesting points to to make, some observations uh, that I found interesting. I think I uh, I realized I was very comfortable with my own choices in regards to again how much do I care about the family or like how, who, who are the people that I care about and um, that was good you know that was good to, to see that was good to listen that was good to to know and um, I cried a lot yeah I think three three nights um, I went to sleep crying first night I um, I just thought that after my my partner met my um my uncle my dad's father who's the only person from my dad's family that i i keep in touch with not only that i keep in touch with but i absolutely love is um he's one of my favorite people and um yeah my partner loved him you know and and he loved her and i kind of i kind of wish for my dad to be there you know and even though i had a very very interesting conversation with my uh, my sister about um, our dad and found out uh, some things that I guess that weren't nice to hear but it was interesting to hear because you know to me my dad was such a huge you know hero was such an incredible character and then to figure out that um, some people didn't see him like that for a very long time and to to get some reasons why that was the case it was just uh, mind-blowing you know i'm still baffled i'm still processing it now as we speak it's really yeah it was it was it was so bizarre it was so strange and then and then um yeah going to my mom's grave and to my dad's grave and to 
really take some time and you know remember them and uh, know as if I, I I'm forgetting them sometimes but you know taking some time and uh, I'm not a religious person like I don't pray and I um, all I really do is just try and you know pretend I'm having a conversation with them in my mind and yeah it was really difficult hmm. maybe difficult is not the word actually the word actually it was just interesting you know i i never thought i'd say it but i actually want for myself to do well um to be able to visit my hometown even more than to actually i just want to spend more time with the their 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 graves sounds sounds bizarre and maybe i don't know scary or just weird but um if you are inside my head you'll see why it's not it's just a very i think it's a very valid emotion you know to just want to to be there you know i love the I love lighting up the candle, you know, at their, at their grave. I love um, taking some time to just be quiet around there. And, uh, yeah, that was that was heavy. And uh, I just felt so happy in the other times when I've seen how, how my partner and my, my family were getting on so well. You know, I've got... Um, I got a couple of cousins, you know, they are the loveliest kids in the world. And, um, you know, we spend some time with them and um, one of them speaks English. The other one, she's um, she's a bit too young um, to, to speak English well. So um, they kind of understood each other, my partner and my, my cousin. But um, it was just beautiful. You know, they, they, they were getting on so well and uh, we were playing with uh, my family's cat, William and Kimi, the dog. And Kimi was just this like naughty little dog and she was just running around all the time. Um, and that was just adorable. But um, yeah, we visited some places. We went some to some markets, you know. I've seen also some... Some things I didn't like, you know, I mean, it was quite funny that um, you'd see how, I don't know, people jump queues and, you know, some people are treated, like some people have to look out for the police while to some other people, the, the police don't, don't care about them. But it was also brilliant to to just walk around. And um, I went to, to a church where my, my parents used to donate money when they were around or actually when we were doing well. And then I went to the synagogue as well, you know, to see it. I haven't seen it since I was a, a kid. I haven't actually been inside since I was, God, eight, I think. So, um, yeah. But anyway, you know, I don't want to, and I'm not going to rumble anymore today. <laughs> but um, I'll just get, crack on. You're, um, you're up to, to listen to a great episode. You know, I think Rick... Is uh, it's a brilliant, brilliant guy. Uh, he was such a lovely person. Uh, ever since I met him and I got to to talk to him, we are both um, Eagles fans. And I know it's not been our, even though it started as if it was going to be our year, we got knocked out so quickly and painfully uh, from the uh, NFL playoffs. But um, 
it's okay. I mean, you know, it's sad because I always wish for Kelsey to win another ring, but it's fine. He's still a legend. I still love him. I still love, you know, everyone at um, in the Eagles team. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so that that's something that we, I guess, I got to, to create a bond with, with Rick the first time I met him by the fact that we are both Eagles fans. Besides of that, you know, um, we we did couple of gigs together you know he's always been uh, great there but he's also doing so much work and he's been uh, acting you know he's been acting for ages and he's um, got some really cool stuff coming up as well so um, yeah give this episode a listen um, follow him on his socials and um, I'll catch you later enjoy the episode okay so hello Rick welcome Hello, Levy. How's it going? Yeah, it's going all right. Thank you. Thanks for um, doing this. Uh, how's your uh, How's your uh, week been so far? I mean, wait, it's just the beginning of the week, actually. Is it? I but don't know. It's, it's holiday time, so it's, um, you know, it's kind of like a, a, a rabbit hole of time, isn't it? You know? Yeah, I, I feel like it's, everything is moving really fast, and then, you know, the beginning of the year comes, and everything just slows down. Yeah. But like drastically, it's like someone pushing the brake in a car last second. Well, I'm looking for this forward to the slowdown because at the moment it's just been it's been go 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 for me. So um, it's been yeah, it's been very busy. So nice. How's yeah. it? What was like the? Because um, I know you've done the uh, Yellow uh, Christmas, right? At the yeah, I've done Yellow Christmas, the first one, which was at Downstairs King's Head, which was on the 12th, which was really great and. I've been doing this for, I started off uh, with the Yellow, uh, Yellow Christmas actually started off with um, the Asian UK comedians Christmas drinks. I was started in 2014 and then I decided I wanted to get all of the East Asian comedians and together for drinks because there wasn't that, you know, so, so I got eight people. And uh, there was eight of us at the time. It was Nigel Ong and uh, Phil Wang and Eureka and uh, Rialina. And um, yeah, it was only it was only like eight of us <laughs> and Amanda Baker. Uh, so we got together. And then over time, I thought, well, you know, we should probably have a show. And I started that and because there wasn't that much representation as far as sort of East Asian sort of comedians at the time. And I thought, uh, well, let's 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 start that. And I love it because once you have everybody who's of the same sort of race, then you're then you really your stories come out, and people focus on the stories, and that's what I really love about that. It's a bit like Monet's haystacks, you know. They did loads of studies just using the haystack, but different light so you could concentrate on the light oh so, okay so that's what it, it kind of is with this so you know you could see um if we look a bit like haystacks so wow <laughs> but that's that no, i mean that's really you know impressive i mean it, it's it's nice to you know bring again uh like people together i've seen the, i've seen the posters you yeah. know and I've, I've seen you've got a brilliant act and it sounds like you know you had even people who you know then took off like on a huge level, you know, yeah, trajectory. But they were already, you know, you know like people like Phil, uh, you know, they were already on a trajectory anyway, uh, which I think is great. But 
it, it's uh, it's just good to have a place where, I mean, I did have one act say, well, well all, all of the acts are Asian. What am I going to do? I'm saying, I don't know. You're the professional comedian. You do what the... F- <laughs> <laughs> but that's the whole point of it. It's the... It's demonstrating and showing to to people that um, you know there's more than one way of being Asian. You know, so that's it. I, yeah, very lovely. So th- it's in the seventh year now, and I've got a final one that, that, that's coming up for this year on the twelfth, and so I'm looking forward to that at Angel. Nice. I mean, it sounds you know, it, it sounds good, and I've seen uh, and I, I I've met some of the the comedians performing as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they are they are and I, I rate um, everyone that I, I know. Yeah, I, I rate them very highly. So yeah, I mean, also it's it's to not only do the people who are who are given opportunity for those who are maybe newer as far as acts, yeah. and uh, it, what it does is actually kickstarts them in thinking. Because you don't want to have somebody follow somebody who's like really, really experienced, but it's also quite good as part of an education. Because I'm I'm a bit like that. I do like putting, throwing people together and seeing how they'll react. Because I need to be amused as well. You know. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) No, and so have you have you run any other um, put like any other shows together before? Or was is that like your your main and only? Uh, I, I I mean yes I've done hour shows and things like that I've done uh, you know and I've gone to Edinburgh and things like that and but this is something that I, I've been doing and surprisingly people still like doing them I mean I don't know how relevant it is today still because Asians be killing it right now but I think <laughs> that it's it is the feedback that I've been getting from the comics has been that it's still they still enjoy doing it, and uh, y- you know, this past year, I think it had a little bit of a stutter because of COVID and things like that. But uh, you know, because I wanted to do Leicester Square Theatre because I think there is a big market for this. Yeah, uh, and I mean, the main thing that I get out of it is seeing the comedians together and yeah. working and uh, learning from each other. But also, I've had people come up. East Asians, white people, black people, but just coming up and saying, I've never seen that before, where you have somebody who, uh, an Asian person getting up on and just being a human being. And I think that's really important. And sometimes people don't really get to see that that often or have the confidence to, uh, as far as from an act's point of view, to just sort of say, oh, right, okay. Within the context of the world, yeah. This is this is uh, um, this is what we're how we're seen, what we represent, and uh, yeah, it, it's really fun. It's it's social experiment to a certain degree. I mean, yeah, and I I, I think that I it, I always get really um, I don't know. I get into this kind of sort of, sort of like comp- complex where I've seen it for um, for other. I think even. TV shows, and you, you see it even in um, like theater work, where you know you have, say, like for example, with the East Asian community, but then you also realize that it's not just because sometimes I think as an outsider, you have this idea of like, you know, um, East Asian, and you have like one voice in your head, and you think like of a, again a black person, you have one voice in your head, you think of a white person, you have one voice in your head, while well, maybe not so much with a white person, but. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's interesting to actually see, like, again, like you said, the, the other, the different voices that are actually a part of the same community. And you see, I think, even the, the different types of comedy that can also be made. Because I think when people think about like inclusivity in comedy, it, it's always about, you know... Um, uh, was it? Well, yeah, it's either like to have like one male and one female, but it's also like what type of comedy does that individual do as well? Because that's also changing the inclusivity, right? Because if you have like right. a musical act and then you have I don't know like a, a storyteller and then you have like a one-liner and then yeah. they all combine together and you can actually see different ways of doing comedy and it sure yeah it just makes like the picture so much bigger I think yeah no uh, agreed I mean I think that's probably where good promoters come in to play where it is they're putting together a, a cast yeah almost and you know they'll start off with uh, you know the MC will be uh, not just a very personable person but <laughs> but also somebody who who just lays out the rules of w what's going to be happening and letting people know what's happening in the show uh, but yeah, and then the, you can you can have this palette of, of of humor, and I think that that that's part of having a really successful sort of show, and you know people enjoying themselves. Yeah, w when you have a, a a mixed bill of some sort. Yeah, I I, I I I can I can see that a lot, and you know you were saying earlier that you've done uh, Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, when is it? Have you done it this year as well? No, I I, I don't think that it. Is, I mean, I did it in 2017. I did No More Mr. Rice Guy. And <laughs> then the, the year before, I did a, a two-hander and another one called Chink. Uh, and then uh, I've done other sorts of hours over the past years, well, one of which was the Prototype Diaries, where I used 20 years of my diaries. And people from the audience come up and read uh, excerpts, and then I sort of riff off on anecdotes. And these are diaries aren't meant to be read or anything like that. I've actually, I've actually did a podcast pilot for the BBC on on this. So we'll see. Seriously? What yeah. Oh my God, that sounds cool. Yeah, it is good. It's it's a bit frightening, uh, but it's also because it's not been done before, and it's something that it, it's highly challenging for me when I'm doing an hour of this. Uh, where um, number one, there's the practical issues that you you, you have to watch out that you can't be libelous or you know, just be aware of um, uh, people's feelings and the the subject matter. You can cover everything from suicide to uh, cancer to what kind of genes you wear because you just don't know. <laughs> it, yeah. it's, it, it's a real mix. Or if you support. Well, Philadelphia Eagles, or it, it's it's really the art of it is to 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 make it. It's it, it's personal, but it's also it's personal, and it touches everybody's world. That's the whole the the art of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but how did you? <laughs> I I got an an idea, but how did you get around it? Like what 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 I guess inspired you to do this? Uh, well. I, I mean, obviously, throughout one's life, you know, you, it's, 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 it's a lot of experience. What I've done. I mean, I, I, I wasn't always in comedy. Uh, I had changed. I've, you know, I've, I've had relationships, and just like everybody else, you yeah, know, of course, kind of work and uh, children, and uh, people move away, 
people die. It's just, uh, you know, people get haircuts. It's, <laughs> it's you change. And it was just something that I always felt that there is this hunger uh, for authenticity. And you can see that. And that's something that's bandied about in the comedy world quite a lot. And I think it's inflated and some people have lost uh, what what that actually means. So in authenticity, j- just to be real, just to, you know, that level of jeopardy. Yeah. And, you know, on stage, that's the magic, you see. And often um, I think a lot of people who, who there's a... There's an audience out there who hunger for that. So even on, let's say, talk shows or podcasts, I think that's why that that has taken over to a certain degree because it's can be less scripted. right? Because, you know, I, I think that the, the closest thing for me on a talk show is was John Bishop in a way because I thought he was very, very... Uh, he would sort of extract things that that maybe uh, because he 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 sort of had that empathy and um and then that's why people are going to podcasts because they think that oh well, this is less scripted this is is something I, and i feel that that's that's very true um but i i i think that um, in that podcast idea or in that show idea of prototype diaries, prototype because we're all a work in progress, uh, is the fact that when you give something that maybe <laughs> maybe you didn't mean to or didn't want to talk about, your guest will also actually give something that they didn't probably expect or or oh. think about. So it's it's a natural interaction sort of thing. What's going to happen if somebody actually? Get, it's like, oh, okay, I didn't, and not to take over the conversation, yeah. but to sort of use it as a as a starter for someone. Yeah. So that's where that idea came from, and um, yeah. So that's what that's what I've been doing. I've done a, I've done it about. I've done that show about ten. 10, 15 times t- for a live audience and every t- every show is different because you don't know what you're going to be talking about. Yeah, so. wow. And how, what, what was it, uh, what, I guess, what was it like? Uh, like, what, what what was your, you know, experience with it then? Like, what did you, f- I guess, find from it? It or? was, it, it, it's always, it's always very, number one, it's always very quick. And it's also, you never know how it's going to be received. And there are some technical sides of it which I haven't worked out because people. I have a literally an old uh, 1930s case, and you open it up, and inside are all these A6 diaries with all these various. Uh, on the cover of each diary, I'll write an anecdote, which I find that sort of relates to the diary after I've written it. So, um, uh, whether it's about. Um, <laughs> Some of them, I don't know, if, if uh, Woody Allen's, you know, eighty percent of success is, is is showing up, things like that. So I'll have that, or or I'll have the quote from Bruce Lee, or uh, it, it can be somebody famous. It could, it, maybe it's it's not, you know, it's uh, it could be anything. Um, and then people come up, and I'll have them flip through it, and I'll say stop, 
where I'll have the audience say stop and they'll try to read something from it. And it could be um, <laughs> unintelligible <laughs> in its its handwriting or whatever, but we'll work off, I work off from that. And uh, you, like I said, I'll, it'll be one situation where it was um, somebody had, had gone onto a, a section where I'd been hired at a particular ad agency and uh, but the person who hired me left and so i i realized that i was in a situation where everybody around me disliked me because they hadn't hired me and then i looked out in the audience and like i'd seen i don't know four or five faces dotted around the audience going that happened to me <laughs> and so i can go off and i can talk about that and, well, joke about it. Yeah. And so that's what happens. Or the last one we did, uh, we talked about <laughs> dentistry and NHS dentistry because I had to, you know. Uh, so we talked about that. And obviously everybody, either fear of dentistry or whatever. Oh, so God. we talk about that. I talk about fear of dentistry. Yeah. I uh, I had the, I had to go to an NHS hosp- dentist, dental hospital once. Wow. Just because I had to, to get like two... Uh, two distract extractions, oh. but I was too scared of the dentist. Yeah, and uh, they had to like and like they, they had to give me like a, a stronger you know uh, sedative, I guess. Yeah, but then I had a, a nurse had to stay with me and like hold my hand throughout. Yeah, <laughs> scary. Throughout, yeah, and at some point she wanted to leave, and I was like, no. no. I think it's after they extracted the first one. She's like, oh, you're doing great. You know, you're doing great. Yeah. You got one more and that's it. And I could feel her trying. I was like, no. It's the, it's the thing is, even <laughs> when you have the anesthetic in, it's just the feel of the vibration of the drill. And yeah. your brain is like, what the? You know, or the... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dentistry. I mean, that, <laughs> and I mean, that is something... I think we, because we, uh, you were asking me um, earlier before I, I press uh, record, but I was born in Romania. Oh, I and see. And I had uh, this, like, I, I have a, a, a yeah, actually like a dental nurse in my family, my, my aunt. Um, and, but her, the dentist that she was working for, he was my, like, dentist growing up. And um, he, like, put this, like, f- huge fear of dentist on me because I remember him specifically saying, if he hurts, just, like, tap my hand and I'll stop. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't stop. And I, yeah, because I don't know, like, um, but, yeah, like, Eastern European, I feel like, I think Eastern European, anything, it's kind of like... Just shut up. Let's get done with it. Yeah. You know, I got to move on. I got to do things. Is, it, is, is that like? Is that like? Uh, is that like Romanian comedy? Did you experience Romanian comedy like from like Radu or anybody else? <laughs> well, the thing is, I've never. I've I've spoke. Uh, luckily, I, I've uh, actually. There's a big seat. There was a big. There was lots of stuff happening about a decade ago. I mean, yeah, I I heard and I I know that again. The thing is, because I only started uh, doing comedy like two years ago. I've, UK. Yeah, and I, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, because well, I, I started two years ago. I kind of like I lost. Uh, I don't know. I lost, but I, I, I kind of like I was late to the party, and right. uh, I think in the meantime, I did message uh, Radu, and he was kind enough to reply, you know, on uh, on social media because I was asking him. Um, um, but I think about the the Eastern uh, European comedy night, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think everyone else, and I heard of them like Victor Petrushkan and stuff, and yeah. I've seen him on like Romanian TV, yeah. and you know he's. He's doing well, and uh, yeah. I think I've met a couple. No, actually, I've only met one other Romanian. No, two Romanian comics. 
Yeah. Since I moved to London, uh, when I was in Manchester, I didn't meet anyone. Yeah. Like that was uh, Romanian. Yeah. Um, and um, it was quite like it was interesting, you know, because I think actually when I came to London, I, I I heard this thing in like my first weeks in London where I was like, oh, yeah, someone like rolled their eyes and was like, ah, there are loads of Romanian comics, and I was like, where? <laughs> you know, because I, I came from Manchester and like there were none. I find I find because I've met oh, I forgot his name, but he he knew Radu, and because I did some gigs in Bratislava. And um, no way, yeah. And it was, it was, um, uh, he said, Oh, hello to Ra-. In fact, last night I gigged with Radu at Top Secret, so uh, I find that it's fascinating the Romanian sort of mindset because I know, I know Victor as well, and I find the culture there's something about that is very British. Uh, you of, think I don't, I know there's the Eastern European sort of side of it, but. There is a very stoic sort of uh, element to yeah. Romanians, and yeah. I find that that's quite le- quite close to it could be said close to sort of British culture in that way. I'm not necessarily. I mean, there's other things that there's yeah. wrapped in class system and whatnot, but I mean, and perhaps m- my side is that I, I probably met very enlightened Romanians as well, very well <laughs> well educated <laughs> Romanians, but uh, uh, comedians. Uh, as well, but um, yeah, I found that there's a, there's a cultural sort of link, like even um, uh, sort of like Finnish comedians. Uh, you know, there's a certain link to British culture and sense of humor. I mean, as opposed to let's say Americans. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I don't know whether it's the dark, whether it's the stoicism, whether it's like just get on with it, or well. Which I, you know, I usually find actually quite interesting, because you know the first person who told me that oh yeah, like the Romanian comics are you know similar to uh, like British comics. But mm-hmm. one thing that I found really surprising is that growing up, I I I think besides before I came to England and even like long after I came to England, I didn't know like any British comedians. Yeah. For ages, because I, in Romania you have American comedians. Like I yeah. grew up with, you know, uh, what actually, which is funny, George Carlin used to be banned from Romanian television. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, I remember just like watching videos of him on YouTube and because uh, I grew up in a like a very like religious family. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you no, know, this guy might have a point. Um and uh, it was funny because I, I think at school you weren't allowed to talk about George Carlin. Like you weren't allowed to. And again, only when YouTube came out, you could actually see videos of George Carlin on, on the Internet. Um, but uh, yeah, the point was that it's, it's actually interesting you say that because, again, I don't know, maybe it's changed now. But I even look at my like nephew and uh, my sister. They are, they are, they are in, in Romania and... Uh, they, I mean, they're not really like into comedy anyway. But like, still, if you go on like Netflix, like yeah. most watched things, yeah. you'll still have um, American comedians. Yeah. So it's actually quite interesting that, um, yeah, because actually, I think when I came in uh, at the beginning, someone did give me the feedback saying that you know you you you'll do well with like because it was like you know you have a very like British way or like uh, it's very. It's what English English crowds would like to see and like to see. Yeah, and I was like. What? Because like my inspiration, uh, my inspiration, that, that people who inspired me to do comedy uh, are American. Yeah, and it's well, very I mean, interesting. A, yeah, a lot of people have been inspired by American comics, and I think it's. Uh, I, I mean, still to this day, it's it's the benchmark. I think, in as much as the level of 
writing. And I think what happens is you can see that if you go to New York and you do the open mic slots where you can do uh, the open mic slots, I think that you can see really terrible comedians, but also really, really good comedians at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. It's, it's, it's one of those things where there's not a lot of middle ground, right? Whereas in, I'd say here in the UK, there's a lot of people who are in the middle ground that earn a living and yeah. from comedy. But I think what happens is they really revere the writing in, in the US and in North America. Mm. And you can see where people who come over from, from North America, Canadians, Americans, you can see that in their writing, and that's why you can, they, they're all often propelled very quickly because they've gone through that sort of yeah. schooling and that sort of. I mean, you know, if you're if you're if you're doing an open mic in in Brooklyn uh, with seventy comedians doing three minutes, you need to it is sharp, right? It's super sharp, yeah. Even though it looks not sharp, because some people like uh, who will look. Here they'll think, oh, they're just like chatting, you know. It's like no, it's it's it is performance pyrotechnics and incredible writing. Don't get phased by that. Still try to keep that element. Yeah, of, you know, I'm just chatting to you, but uh, it is. Uh, oh yeah, it's super sharp. Yeah, and I, I think this is one of the the the, the biggest uh, even now like struggles for me because I I am I do story storytelling and I, you know, I I I write. And actually, I do the same thing over and over again. I try to like perfect it, and I think I've noticed when I started, and I was just like telling a story, but it was it was just very long. And I remember, you know, even now when I speak sometimes with like uh, comedians who are visiting from America, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you do like three minutes," you know. At the, and I was like, "How do you do three minutes?" You know, because to me at the beginning, I was like, three minutes it would take me to like two two punchline, yeah. and that's it. It times up. You know, it's it's wild to to think about it. But um, also, like, what made you? Um, I guess how what made you like want to and like be in in London? What made you want to? Um... Well, I came I came initially to this country for love. That's what nice. <laughs> That's what happens, really. I, 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 there's no real focus on 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 because uh, I thought I'd come over here, went go to university, go go back home, take that sort of knowledge, and go back to. Sort of Jersey, Philadelphia, and uh, big up. It, it Philadelphia. never really happened. I mean, I had children. It just sort of been, and I've stayed. You know, so uh, it was. Um, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it differently now. Uh, it was. I mean, obviously, y you live your life, and shitty stuff happens. But <laughs> it's yeah, kind of like I think the the, the most it, it's. It's just acknowledging that you know you live your life and it's stuff happens and sometimes not so nice stuff and it's just the way you handle it. It's, yeah, it really is, and that works on the stage as well. It's it's how you handle it. It's not it's not the energy, it's how you handle it. Yeah, and um, you know it could be simple. It could be just stating the facts or you know that oh you're very drunk or. <laughs> or you're you're knitting because you, that's your therapy for a brain injury, but you're doing it in a comedy club, and that's fine. I'm cool. <laughs> with, I'm cool with that. Uh, it's it, it really is uh, how you handle it. I think. Wow. You know? Yeah. Fair enough. And what made you like? What drove you into comedy? 
Well, I had uh, initially I'd worked in advertising for about 15 years. And during that time, as, as, as a writer and as a creative director and all this in various ad agencies, uh, I had always done things at night to keep my brain flexible. So I, I would take a course on history or, or film or acting. Or, and I took one night class in stand-up. And I thought, oh, this is interesting because it was something that you'd get an insight or you'd notice an observation about someone and then, or something or uh, some behavior. And then you just, you, you would write it and think about it and then just perform it. There was no, there was no middleman. And it was kind of the first point where it really appealed to my creative sensibilities and and I'd always sort of toyed with it and the thing is I don't do because I don't do it for money you know <laughs> as 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 I'm sat here heavy, <laughs> right it's not for money but it just does push you in a way that you, you it's very unexpected ways like I learned a lot about myself through comedy, and it also opened doors to acting and other things. And you know, actually, because this is what I was um, I was going to ask you earlier, which I find incredible that because uh, I I I've been uh, told I think during lockdown when I I started seeing a therapist for the first time to start journaling. I never I never thought about, it. and then you know, the, the actually something that really made like my mind blew my mind uh, earlier was that you know you had like journaling notes and like all these diaries how wh what how did you get into like a writing diary like what made you actually even keep the diaries because i have so many like notebooks with like half a sentence on and yeah. then i end up throwing them away or something sure uh, i i just did it uh, because uh, i find that when you're going through troubled times or like whether it's divorce or anything like that that you if you start journaling i mean i had journaled anyway for a long period of time, because not journaled, but because at the time I was, I was thinking, oh, this is very practical because you know you start comedy, you you know, or yeah, so I had actually, I carried around like one book for character references for plays, films, ideas, or whatever, one book of jokes, one book of what I was doing all day, and then sort of. Um, just one book of sort of like ad ideas or just ideas or observations. And then I realized it was all one book. So I just started writing and just, and just, um, it, it, it is not something new in as much as there's a, there's a, a famous book, The Artist's Way, which is the, your morning pages where you just write sides. Uh, around four sides every morning, and you just. Uh, but I think it's really, really important because it's. It's not meant to be. It's not meant to be read. It's. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be legible. But you just need to do it, and I find, they, in the artist way, you're supposed to do it. You know, every morning, then. Um, and I think there's a lot of people, there's a lot of comics who actually do it still because you will find little gems in there because it's the subconscious. And what I found was I did it for a few months. I still do it in it's kind of in my own way. 
but you find that during the day you communicate very uh, sort of clearer. You you articulate clearer than you than you would if you didn't do your morning pages. That's the sort of result that I found because you got all the the crap out already of your brain. Yeah, and it's it is quite. Um, it's not. It, it feels near magical. Yeah, but it just makes sense because once you get that out, if you if you went and you talked to your mate for five minutes a day, you'd get all that shit out, and it's like, all oh, right, you're you're pretty you're pretty focused. Yeah, but also I think that it's um, it's important. It's in as much as it's not really in the artist's way, but I find that when you do that and you're able to do that, that you can come about. And once you prick your subconscious, that's where all the best ideas and the best material is. So, uh, because that means you will be you'll be touching upon everybody else's thoughts. Oh yeah, I think I had that. It's like you know when you, somebody in the audience says, "Oh my God, that happened to me." Yeah, yeah, yeah it's happened to you. But it's just sort of it's been something that's been gurgling away for a long period of time. You know, it's because uh, I I found it for me. It helps me out a lot when I. Um, for example, in, in September, October, I was having a rough time, so I started like journaling every every morning. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I really struggled with was like words of affirmations. Yeah, and I still struggle. I, I do it when I, I brush my teeth every morning oh, still, yeah, and great. It, it, it's great. But at the beginning, I'm like, oh, what's happening? But then I actually did realize because. You know, as I mentioned earlier, um, I have uh, something called borderline personality disorder, right? Yeah. So one of the skills that I've learned um, during um, a, a sort of therapy called uh, dialectual behavioral therapy, yeah. it's a skill called uh, describe the emotion. Yeah. And it's because, you know, sometimes it was this idea of, oh, I don't feel good. And then it's like, well, describe what does not good mean. Like, do you feel sad? Do you feel angry? Do you feel. And instead of going like, no, I feel too much. No, no, just focus on one thing. And I think that what you were saying before you, and I, also what I've noticed because of uh, doing like the describe the emo- emotion a lot, it makes me speak, uh, be like more. Um, clear in like what I want and what yeah. I'm saying and what I do just because I can just think of okay this is what I want and this is how I'm going to get it rather than oh I want this no I want this and oh actually this is happening as well and comedy wise you know apparently Jerry Seinfeld had this bit where he was saying that he loves writing notes because he saw I think he, he was saying something like he sees his dream as uh, a, a pipeline mm-hmm. that you know if you just if you don't take the idea out and you write it, it just blocks like what's behind it. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, you just got to, because he was, even if it's like a, a, a silly, you know, I don't know, a pun, or if even if it's something like that goes nowhere, if it's just a thought in your head, he will still write it down because then it allows room for other yeah. thoughts to, to come out. I mean, it's so important how you articulate things because that's how you formulate how you approach something or how you how you create a memory i mean this is nlp in a way it's it is something that uh, for example i i often think i was on the bus and you know it was i was going to museum of comedy or new material night or something like that i was thinking oh i'm going to i'm going to make this new material really really work you know i'm thinking how I'm going to go to this new material night. And then I stopped and I thought, no, I'm going to make people laugh. So that's that's what I did. And 
yeah, I had a great new material night. So it's really important to articulate because that's the way that's the way you you will execute. That's the way you will do it. I, I sometimes you know I, I like I have really noisy neighbors, but that's not what what grinds me down. It's just the fact that they don't they're not very considerate, and yeah. uh, you know because it's London, it's natural. But sometimes you know. I'll have a horrible night's sleep because they're just, you know, they got loads of kids and dogs and everything upstairs, wooden sort of uh, floors, but they just don't care. That's the element. But that would make me feel really, sometimes it, it, it really grind me down. But, uh, you know, I'll get up in the morning and I'll think, God, it's great to be alive. And I'll make sure that I will say that aloud. Now that, uh, in, in a way, it's an affirmation, but in a way, it's just like, you know, it's connecting to your brain, it's connecting to you physically, it's great to be alive, and I'll smile, and I'll be like, oh yeah, and then it'll be, it'll be like, yeah, that's, the rest of the day, you I'll get, remind myself yeah, of that, and yeah. it's kind of like, it really is, I, I'll do something, and I'll, you know, what I can control, I can control, and it's like, I, it's exciting. It is, and I think, uh, oh God, yeah, like with, with and as well as uh, for me, I do struggle a lot as well with uh, again not the idea of like people being noisy or I think it's more of a being inconsiderate. That's yeah, really, and well, that's it, yeah. And uh, with um, same with like apparently because with borderline is like this sort of thing where you're like, uh, what's the word? You know, you 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 tend and I, I have historically tend to I see people either good or bad rather than being like a, a person with like good behavior or like bad behavior you you it's, it's easy for my brain to um, I guess like tag something or oh, this is bad people this sure. is good people yeah. so it's uh, and I, I feel yeah every time I, I go through situations like this I think it usually happens because uh, I got like sensory overload sometimes right. yeah, which yeah, is yeah. weird because I do comedy so I, I am around lots of like sense like a lot of things happening um, and it's funny because it doesn't happen on stage like on stage actually whatever happens around I can still see things clear but right. then if say we're talking now if the TV was on and say I don't know someone else was chatting yeah. I probably wouldn't I would just freeze I wouldn't be able to actually think Sure. but then I would be annoyed at everyone around me going like oh you don't care about you know yeah, the fact yeah, that I'm having yeah. a conversation the TV doesn't care and it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really it's really wild that you said it but I, I agree sometimes it's and again I think to me it was really strange because I always found it cheesy and I think one of the things I actually found was meditating doesn't just mean you know like sitting still with your eyes closed you like I you can meditate uh, or like you can be no actually no meditate being mindful you can be mindful in any given situation I think sure. actually you know when I was getting like the coffee ready um I just used that time because I actually had a pretty like a rough morning and I I, um, I messed up something because I, I I double booked accident and uh and all i yeah, thought was we like changed because we changed this, and yeah. and well it was it was my fault uh but we uh, could have changed this again <laughs> i don't mind no 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 because no, one was outside and one was inside all and right. then like you when i saw your email i was like i'm not gonna be oh yeah actually no but anyway when i make the coffee <laughs> don't edit that out oh no it, it stays there <laughs> but when i was making no before i made the coffee i was like oh god like what's gonna happen i don't know what's gonna you know I, what, I, my head was just like I think I was just like 
close to like just like virtually just like banging my head on like a, on a wall. And then when I made the coffee, I was like, no, no, you're not. I'm just going to focus on making the coffee. Mm-hmm. And actually, funnily enough, I've, I've never made, this is the first time I made the, made the coffee the way I made it. Because usually Irene knows how to use that. Uh, Plunger? Yeah. No, it's like a cafetier, but oh, it's the yeah, one where cafetier. you put like yeah. yeah water at the bottom and yeah, then you yeah, put... you got to p- tap it down. You got to wait until the board. Yeah. And I know how to make other types of coffee. Like my mom used <laughs> to make Turkish coffee and yeah. I, you know, but I, I actually... Anyway, yeah, but then I, I thought, you know, I need to, I just want to make the coffee. I just want to think about making the coffee. Mm-hmm. You're here, you know, you're in the living room. You're like, you know, um, doing your stuff. I just need to, and I did, you know, and I was just like, okay, I'm going to make the coffee. I was like, okay, cool. It works. Now let's do the next thing. And it was so helpful. It was yeah. so like. You break it down, man. Yeah. You, yeah. You chunk things. Yeah. I Having, I guess, it, it's strange because, again, like every time I, and I, when I used to hear it years ago, I was like, nah, this doesn't sound like, it, it sounds like a fairy tale, you know, sort of scenario. We're like, oh, yeah, how, you know, I'm happy about this. And then I, I daily I have to remind myself. And even at times, it sometimes doesn't work. Sometimes I think over the weekend, because I, I did mention to you that we had uh, the neighbors, yeah. someone tried to like break in apparently. That's stressful, man. And we woke up. But the reason why I woke up is because, um, the neighbor's son got the got this like uh, how do you call it? This like uh, person who tried to break in the mm-hmm. intruder mm-hmm. in a headlock. Oh my and, god! And basically, and the, the the intruder was was like whining, you know. And yeah. I woke up to that, and I actually I genuinely thought it was a fox trapped in a oh my god in a in like yeah. a, a, a trap. trap. Yeah, <laughs> and. Um, Throughout the whole day, I was like, I didn't sleep well. And I also got late on Friday night from a gig in, in Ealing. It took me ages to get home. And I was like, oh, this today is going to be like such a, a shit day. <laughs> and at times, I think when everything kind of things went wrong, because I went to work and then someone started talking about like conspiracy theories and it was very wild. But right. um, yeah, apparently uh, Gaddafi was a misunderstood uh, person <laughs> as well. Yeah, this is the whole trend now. Yeah. Um, but um, anyway, yes, yeah, so I was listening to it. I was like, oh, I feel the world is just winding me up. And I just put the... My headphones on. I started listening to Johnny Cash. Yeah, and um, just like still doing my work, and I was like, okay, fine, let's let's change it, and it worked. You know, it worked to just, I don't know. Again, like the the the, the what's the word? The the things that you wouldn't, I, I guess, the the cheesy things sometimes do. You know, do work, and it's yeah. I don't. I don't know. I I think that it's just it's important the way we sort of form those memories and those thoughts and the way we, you know, we, I mean, a lot of comedians talk to themselves. I mean, you know, that's what we do. I mean, sometimes I, I, I find that, um, you know, I don't, I don't speak, to, I, I forgot who I spoke to, uh, talked about it, that there are days, there's like a day where you don't speak to anyone <laughs> and it's really odd. So you're just the one talking to yourself. You know, and so it, those things are important when you talk to yourself. Did you know that actually sometimes, apparently, some people don't have an inside voice? Wow. I heard that recently. I, I was interviewing um, another, like, great uh, great artist who's, like, a, a comics creator. Yeah. And she was saying that apparently, yeah, some people don't have inside voices. And wow. I, how do you... I, I don't know. There's, <laughs> there's a book called Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, who who famously says that you know it's a it's life navigating the life is about not having letting go of that internal voice. 
So it's um, it's a fascinating book, but uh, I find that um, now, yeah, I, I, if they're negative thoughts, I will t- I'll, I will say I will quite I will have that internal conversation. Like, what what the fuck are you talking about? This is great, you know what I mean? Or it's just like, oh yeah, well we'll work it out. That's amazing. How because I in again. My uh, negative thoughts sometimes do tend to take over. How do you do that? Like uh, that sounds. I'm. 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 I'm really. Uh, I. I. I believe it, it's when I'm generating material and ideas and things like that. I, yeah. I don't think that it's. I think it's important just to let go of all of that, and I tend to do that. Uh, and I tend to do it sometimes, unfortunately, on stage <laughs> for for audiences. <laughs> but I find that it's really important because uh, I find because I do t- tutoring as well, and and with oh. I, writing uh, material and things like that. Yeah, I've had uh, some clients, and wow, we do nice. it. But it's just mo- mostly about generating material, and uh, I've done the angel workshops before and I always find it fascinating if people who are writing in their second language how crazy it is that people will write in their in English stop writing in English write write in your mother tongue and it's just because Mm. that's what makes you different because immediately what you do is you put another editor on because this is the way you think it should sound Versus, versus, what is really, what you find is funny. Well, can I ask you then a question? Uh, uh, yeah, is, of course. Uh, yeah, um, it's a, it's actually a, a uh, I guess it's an introduction maybe to the tutorial. But I'm just generally curious because I thought and my, because I write obviously I, I speak English as a, as a yeah, second language. Yeah. Um, I try I to speak. <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> I thought that you're meant to do it in like the voice that's I guess in your head because like, you know for example when I write jokes and I did try when I went to Romania I tried to do a comedy set in Romania and I couldn't write in Romanian, which is actually strange because because every time I think of something funny, for some reason it's in English. Yeah. Would that still be the case, or would you still say, "Oh, maybe I should try practicing in Romanian just to"? I don't know. You know, the thing is, Levy. I think is is like you think it, that process within itself. You have the idea, you put it through the English filter, which is the culture, which is everything. Ah. Then you put it through back through your Romanian filter. Da, 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 right. Well, right, other right. people will think uh, it's like no, just think what's fucking funny and just do it. And in your voice, I mean, it is. There's a reason why, uh, you know, my ex-wife is French. There's a reason why you will count in French. You will count in French. You will not. Ah, You will. There's a reason why you're connected culturally, physically to that language. I do count in Romanian. You. So what I'm saying is that there's a reason why you do that. So you have a physical connection to those thoughts. Why, why are you not doing it? You're going through the TV. You're going through Netflix. You're going through oh the Chris Rock special. You're going through all that. No, the, the at the heart of what we talked about before, the authenticity is going where you were. You come from because that's the interesting place as well. Because why? Why do I want to hear 
uh, why do I want to hear a Nigerian doing English comp through English br- English? Uh, why do I w- I want to hear I want to hear that person's standpoint and their type of humor and them working it out to 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 see how it connects with with me. I don't want I don't. You know, ah, the skill is yeah. yes. There's skill. There's there are there are particular skills, no doubt. You know, speak smoothly. Uh, don't ask questions. Uh, you know, show me your unreliable narrator. Very simple yeah. canons of comedy, stand-up comedy. But you have uh, when when somebody comes from a different point of view and grasps all those simple things that need to be done on stage for someone to understand, to connect to that world. That's the main thing. Does that make sense? It does make sense, and I'm actually uh, <laughs> speechless, because as I was listening to you, and then also in my head, I was like, yeah, no, I, I do count in Romanian. And even, and it's it's a nice, I, I'll keep that, because it's, it's such a nice, uh, and I know I sometimes struggle, like, oh, what's the point of this? And I guess that's another, like, as in, like, when I'm writing something, I'm like, well, what do I actually want from this? Like, where am I going with this? And yeah. that's that's a very, very good and point. And you think, oh, well, you know, and also I think it's really important. I didn't mean to cut you off there. But what, no, what right. it is, is that it, we, we question all this because we, I think we think about others quite a lot, right? Oh, we yeah. Think about, we think about uh, that. And I don't do that now. I don't, I don't think about... I think primarily how am I going to connect to 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 the audience? So what happens is that changes. You know, if somebody comes to see you in your hour, that's what you should be. And then you develop your skills in order to be able to do that at top secret for five or ten minutes or whatever. That's yeah. different. It's a different thing because they're not there to see you. It's just like you know, any most comedy nights you will, it's just like, I'll come on stage and say, oh, right, here's another person you've paid not to see, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not, and so, so you have to be very aware of the situation, Yeah. right? So when you're writing things or when I'm writing things, I will think, right, okay, this is something, like I'm writing things about, a pen right now. Which I I'm love it. Sure. I've seen uh, the yeah. UP one by oh seven, my God. Yeah. Point seven millimeter black. I've yeah. written a song about it now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, but the thing is also people will enjoy people. Sometimes it's all it is, is about the rhythm of what you're saying. It's enjoyable. And uh, you know, I, you know, sometimes we over intellectualize this sort of stuff. I remember back in the day where I used to go into Comet, and I, Comet was an electrical supplier uh, where you could get like washing machines and radios and stuff like that. Right back in the day, but there was this there was this man, uh, and he would always try to sell me insurance for these washing machines. You know, it costs like fifty pounds a month, and you have it breaks down or whatever. You know, something like that. Yeah, right? I, I was never going to buy insurance, right? <laughs> yeah, but. I would let him talk to me about the insurance because it was such an enjoyable experience. He was so good. <laughs> and I would do that, and I would just enjoy him talking about the insurance, about why it would be good, and his ability to sort of connect and all that sort of stuff, his charm, his wit. 
uh, and he was just always full of alacrity and uh, emotion and passion. And I just enjoyed that. I would let him talk. <laughs> and there's we, we forget sometimes it's all, that's all it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Wow. I, uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> no, I, I genuinely, I've, I'm, this has been, I mean, I have what you no, expected. No, what, yeah, what, I, what I expected, but it, it's also, it, it, I, I think this is why I also love doing this, you know, because I love the, um, I love just like listening, and I, I think I, I've only found recently as well that I, I find because I find people fascinating, you know, yeah. and I find it listening to someone's like someone's story and listening to like someone's like point of view. And even though again, I I did notice that you know sometimes I don't agree with people, but sure. but I I still again to a certain there are limits to that, but I, I still I, I love listening to it. And I want to know what, what's going through someone's head, and I think this was uh, really impressive. And uh, not as if he's like I'm too impressed, but I, I to me it was just like wow. Yeah. Uh, but um, also I was going to ask you, you know, you you uh, you also said something earlier that really um, made me very interested to ask you this now. Sure. Um, you were working as a. You were doing like. Um, uh, you were saying you were working as, as a. Uh, you were working as a writer, right? Yeah. But you were doing loads of classes on different things. What? How? What? Like how? What made you be like this curious? Because you're saying you studied history. Yeah. Like you do history class. You do like acting. Night, you do comedy. Night, you do. Yeah. Uh, what? Why? Like how did you? You know how did you become? Well, I it guess was important. It was important as a creative person, and I think it's. And it all made sense. It all fit into the puzzle later, where you have to be very interested in the world to to, to be an actor, to be an actor, to be, to know. I mean, I was oh my gosh, even just a, a, a simple job where I was doing, uh, it was for an app, and I had to remember memorize all these things about, uh, you know, budgets being forecasted on a three three month payback period and. Uh, projecting historicals and uh, I didn't know what the hell I was talking about but you have to be interested about the world and also exercising all those all those pathways in the brain because you have to be well, well you don't have to be but it's, it's I find it useful to to um, just exercise all those parts of, of the brain Knowing, trying to be curious, it it, it it all feeds into your point of view, and uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, there's other things where I, I'm sadly I'm lacking. I'm not I'm not a very political person. I'm very, uh, you know, I, I love history. Uh, um, and in fact, you know, I studied that in, at university, political science. Mm. Because I thought, oh, well, that's you know, because I like stories. What's your um What's your favorite? I guess like what's what's it, what is it that you? I guess favorite, most yeah like favorite, favorite dictator. Um, Gaddafi? No, joke. no that, like Gaddafi. He had a look. He definitely um, had a look. No, well, I'm just. I, what's your favorite like histor historic period? You know, to study because mine, I will, mine is because of I, I inherited from my dad. It's uh, like uh, actually it's like post World War. 
Um, so like the 40s to 60s and wow. 40s to 80s. Yeah, because he loved it, you know, and uh, it's really interesting because I think the, the part of Romania where we come from got stuck between, uh, like got divided by USSR. So yeah, yeah. Uh, some of his family was in Ukraine, what's now Ukraine, but it was actually Romania. Oh and um, Ceausescu. Yeah, well, it's, it's even before that. It's like oh after the Antonescu got yeah. uh, killed, which was like the general of the army and the yeah. uh, ruler of the country when we had a monarchy. Yeah. Uh, so our Rishi. Um, and he got, basically, he got trialed, he got killed, and then the, that's how the Communist Party uh, got involved, made the, the King uh, Michael to run away. Like basically, yeah. they, they made him leave Exile, the country. Yep. And uh, that's the bit of history which I love the most and I, I found it and also I think I found it because it was closer to our times and like it made sense because I think in obviously it's no disrespect to like the you know kings from like emperors <laughs> back in the day <laughs> yeah, yeah. riding horses but that even though I love Greek mythology yeah. I don't remember much but I remember loving uh, reading about like the Roman Empire but I was like that's too far like, I can't it, I can't because I can't picture it you know I can't I, I'd, I'd go to castles and Romania is beautiful for like you know all like temples and things that like, you see the ruins and you yeah. you know but I I I was struggling to actually picture it. Oh, what was it like in those days? While with the, uh, again, I think it's the, in, the interbellic period and then anything after the Second World War, yeah. I can see it. Like I, I walked, um, I actually met someone from Ukraine <laughs> over the weekend and I was right. saying that you go in, in Chernobyl, which is a city in Ukraine, and you see the... Um, the bricks, you know, they are the same ones that were from the Austro-German, Austro-Hungarian occupation. So that's even before yeah. the SSR. Yes. And I can, it feels like, you know, I'm here. Like I, I, I visualize it while yeah. with other, again, older bits of history. But anyway, what's your... <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I, I understand, firstly, I understand about how it becomes more real for you because of the closer time period. Yes, I was when I was I was shooting some I was shooting Jack Ryan in Budapest and uh, I was walking around and seeing some of the the actual chunks where the machine guns had blown out and then walking some of the streets and um, just Literally, I f not freaking out, but I could just hear the jackboots of the SS walking through. You know, just I understand how you can you can see it because you know it's not it, it it's not digitized in any way. You know, there's no sort of hoardings that are lit, and it's very very that brutalist kind of time period. And uh, I understand that, and but you are probably one of those people that colorize black and white films to help them understand that <laughs> it's uh, that it, it yeah, actually happens. Yeah. And uh, I, I think uh, I, I, I like I don't have a favorite period of history. I mean, it's just so tumultuous and such. So many things happen, and so much knowledge to be mined from it. I mean, anything from Stoics of the, you know, Epictetus, um, you know, and just stuff that still applies today, I find is very exciting. The fact that Napoleon used to have, uh, famously, when he would write letters, he'd have, you know, eight scribes around him while he would just shell out. Very, very, uh, and before then, uh, yes, I, I, would, I would think about ancient history and the Hittites and, and uh, the Assyrians and, 
in the Phoenicians. And I was thinking, let's just, when I was studying, I was thinking, just let's get the fucking Rome, man. Let's get the Rome. I wanted, <laughs> you know, the Macedonians. Fuck the Macedonians. But the thing is, it just, one of the things that strikes me is that how people have been, I mean, have evolved, but so many things are still the same with human nature. And yeah. that is what fascinates me about all going as far back as possible and about the politics and the, 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 the seeking of power, the um, sexual dynamics, those type of things have not changed. And I just, oh my goodness, it's amazing. And, and what also amazes me is that there's so much knowledge. It's like, have, not, have people not read their history about and how it's applied today and about the mistakes that we make. Um, yeah, I, I find that really fascinating. So I don't have a particular period. A particular that's my, that's, yeah. that's my, my answer to that. Again, also, because I want to make, it's not as in my favorite, as in like, oh, I love those times. It's more of a, I yeah. loved, I, I enjoyed reading about it. Yeah. And it's, it's very uh, strange. But I had no idea. So you went to Budapest, and you said you went to Bratislava as well. Yeah. You've traveled quite a bit. Well, part of it was uh, primarily through shooting stuff. Of course, I, um, you know, I, uh, you know, you said you liked sort of um, Greek mythology and stuff. I'd, there's going to be something come coming out on Netflix in 2024 called Kos, which I play Cadmus, and uh, who is obviously he was the king of Thebes, and it's a retelling of the Greek tales. So in this particular thing, I was in Valencia. That's going back to the uh, thing, and we were. Um, it was we we shot in a very brutalist Franco kind of um, uh, university, uh, which is uh, which was the setting for we used for the underworld, where I greeted all the the people who were uh, who, who come to the underworld. So, wow. So. so Yeah, so the travel is usually linked to shooting things. And uh, when I'm there, I, t I tend to go try to meet people who are working in comedy and, you know, introduce myself and see what see what's out there. So I try to do that as well. That's so cool. And I, I'll, when we... Um When you wrap it up, I'll show you. We got a, a lamp yesterday, which is like a hand-held hand, uh, lamp. Yeah. And I basically... Um, I walked, Irene was, um, Irene was like, because we have two entrances anyway, Irene was at the other entrance, and I generally played, because I, I, that's what I mean, I played the, uh, like, um, the, I think the Hades, you know, like, it was like the, uh, the scene in, like, the Hercules, the yeah, animated yeah, yeah. movie, where I was like, Hades, welcome yeah. to the underworld. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. I yeah. turned on the light, I was like, let me take you, and... Now, when you say this, I was like, oh, only last night I was thinking about it. Yeah, no, this is, this <laughs> is it's a really cool, uh, it's, it's, um, I'm in a couple of, I'm only in a couple of episodes, but it's, um, the, uh, um, it is starring David Thewlis and Jeff Goldblum. I don't, my scenes aren't with them. It's, but it's, um, it's really shot in a cool way and it's re-envisioned. Uh, the, all the Greek tales and like I'm I'm in like this sort of like an office kind of uh, suit and not oh. suit but a shirt and a tie and it's all shot Hades and the underworld is all shot in black and white and it's um, but it's it's really it's going to be fun when it comes out 
Wow. Well, you know, I I feel like I, I can speak with you for <laughs> for hours, but I uh, I really appreciate you. It's it's not two. It's one. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's just weird. <laughs> but um, yeah, sorry. It, just for everyone listening. Um, yeah, it says two hours on the screen, but it's actually <laughs> one hour. Um, but I, I really enjoy this. You know, I Me I, um, I don't want to take any any more of your your time now. But uh, I'd I'd love, and I I'm, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll catch up again soon, Great. hopefully. Um, yeah. So what you said, obviously, you have like there are loads of things happening, uh, or like loads of you know things that you've been involved in um, coming up in 2024. Is Anything in particular that we got to look out for? Any uh, uh, how? Where do people like find you? You know what? Uh... Well, you can see me on Instagram. I usually post everything, the updates on the gigs, and uh, also the acting sort of things. I mean, I posted some stuff that where I was doing some immersive acting for Salt, which was uh, the Salt event, which was pretty amazing. Uh, it was in Tottenham. Uh, but also gig lists and upcoming sort of anything on Netflix or stuff or Insta, it's at R Keysweater. <laughs> R-K-I-E-S-E-W-E-T-T-E-R. <laughs> and you can find stuff there. Oh, it's okay. You'll, we'll we'll have your um we'll <laughs> we'll have we'll have the um at in the yeah. in the bio section. Um also for anyone uh, actually by the way just so you know we've uh, reached I think a couple of days ago over 100 listeners uh, wow. in the first four episodes yeah Great. Uh, 16 countries awesome. uh, so far yeah uh, which is pretty cool uh, so yeah thank you everyone for that uh, thank you for taking the time to do this I really appreciate you you, um, you got loads going on I'm really grateful um, yeah thank you thanks for inviting me take care thanks Levy bye Well, I hope you enjoyed this. I know for a fact that I did. It was such a nice conversation with Rick. And uh, please make sure to, you know, follow me, follow him and on social media, you know, especially him, I guess, you know, he's, uh, he took the time to, to do this. And um, yeah, he's just been a wonderful, wonderful person to, to chat with. I, I'm looking actually forward to have him again eventually. However, before I go, I just got to give you a little bit of an insight on... Um, something very exciting me and uh, my partner are looking to adopt a cat so uh, yeah we're looking at um, some foster you know um, I guess like charities you know like foster places where we can get um, to start our what we'd like to call it a well our family you know and uh, yeah I love I love William to bits but he's he's far away from me he's back in Romania and I just want I'm just so selfish like this, you know. I just I just want someone to give me their love and attention. And uh in exchange I'll give them a roof and food, you know, and, and a lot of love, a lot of kisses and a lot of cuddles. But anyway, I hope I'll give you some exciting updates on the cat <laughs> next week. But that's it for now. Bye.